open to everybody whenever they want to come and go. You can only come and go when we open the doors. And we're only going to open the doors for a short period of time, and we're going to stand there while the doors are opened and make sure who goes in and who goes out. And when the day's over, we're going to shut the doors. Did you ever go down to the courthouse here in Spokane? Been to the courthouse. I mean, the last time I was there, I thought it was kind of interesting. You walk into the courthouse and they go, nope, can't come in here. What do you mean you can't come in here? No, you've got to take your belt off. You don't have to take your shoes off yet. Not as bad as going on an airplane. But you've got to empty your pockets, put everything on a thing. They run it. You, they're going to screen you before you can go to the courthouse. That's the picture here. Something's happening here. Something is going on. They just didn't build a temple and put a wall around a city. Something is going on here. Chapter 3 continues. Appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, some at their guard posts and some in front of their own homes. Now, these are not gatekeepers. We already got them off there doing theirs. These are guards. Maybe they stand on the wall and they look out over the wall to make sure who's coming and going. Or some of them stand by their homes. Some of them are assigned places to be. Or some of them may even be outside the wall as guards of this city. So Nehemiah transforms this old city of David, this old Jerusalem, into a fortified city on this earth with its own temple. And what begins here is a word that we're getting familiar with. It's called a theocracy. He is building the rule of God through a place on earth. It is the kingdom of God that Solomon began and established. It is now being relaunched by Nehemiah. Hadn't been there for a while. It's relaunched under the government of Persia, but it is now a place of worship, and it is now a secured city that says, we are a kingdom that lives under God. Interesting thought. You know, when you have a kingdom that lives under God, and you try to put that kingdom under God in a political entity that's secular, uh, that didn't work very well. Nehemiah relaunches the kingdom of God. Chapter 7, verse 4. There is a reason why we have to appoint all these guards. The city was wide and large, but the people within it were few, and no houses had been rebuilt. So Nehemiah said, you know, nobody spent any time rebuilding their own homes. Instead, what they've done is they, they've rebuilt the temple and they've rebuilt the wall. Well, now it's time for them to go rebuild their houses. But we have to make sure this is all possible to do. And some of these people don't even live within the city walls. They live out and about. This territory was bigger than just the walled city. The walled city was just the capital of this kingdom under God. You all know the names of these places. You've heard about them if you read the Old Testament. Cities like Ekron, Bethlehem, Hebron, Ish, Gath. 
Libna, Beersheba, Jericho, they're all part of this kingdom of God that's been relaunched. Some people estimate that this size of this territory was about a thousand square miles, about the same size as Rhode Island. You think about what just happened here. Ezra came back to rebuild a temple. The Persian Empire said he could. The Persian Empire said, you know, Nehemiah, if you want to go back and put a wall around your capital city, go ahead and put the wall around. But Nehemiah established a secure place and made it very clear. The kingdom of God, the theocracy, is here and is now again. And we live under that theocracy. Have you all heard of the Islamic State? I mean, you've got to be kind of really out of it to not know what the Islamic State is today. The Islamic State is not interested in building mosques for Islam. What are they doing? Oh, they want land. What are they going to do with the land? They're going to secure the land. They're going to put fortifications around the land. And they are going to be or at least they would like to be, a theocracy. The rule of their God for a kingdom on earth. We should be very familiar with what Nehemiah just launched for Israel. A kingdom of God. Now, Nehemiah has a new project in chapter 7, verse 5. Then my God put it in my heart to assemble the nobles and the officials and the people to be enrolled by genealogy. In other words, we're going to go take a census and we're going to count the people. Ezra estimated that 42,360 people came back from the empire of Persia to repopulate this land. 42,000 people came back. Maybe some others have come since then. Ezra chapter 2 verse 64. Why does he want to take a census? Because everybody in this kingdom of God is going to have something to do. Everybody, singers, gatekeepers, Levites, guards, they're all going to be signed a task. Even the ones who live outside the city walls will be assigned a task in this new kingdom of God of God that's been launched. And if you go down and read all of chapter 7, which is about the genealogy, you get to chapter 7, verse 73. So the priests and the Levites and the gatekeepers and the singers and some of the people, the temple servants and all Israel, they lived in their towns. So the story's over. We're all done. Not really, because James has to do two more messages in Nehemiah. That's his problem. But something happened here. Something happened that we might have overlooked. This is a relaunch of the kingdom of God, a theocracy. These people being ruled from the holy book by a living God. Now what's that got to do with me? It's the Old Testament is a puzzle, isn't it? What does this mean to me? I'm not Israeli. 
I'm not building a city. I'm not interested in a theocracy. I don't want to build a wall around some place. What does all this have to do with me? Well, that brings us to the launch of another kingdom. And Jesus launched it. The kingdom of God as Jesus saw it. Same thing. A kingdom of God as Jesus saw it. 450 years later. The kingdom of God was on the minds of the Jewish people when Jesus walked on this earth. Remember we went through the whole temple history. The temple's being rebuilt and they're waiting to restore this earthly kingdom again. They ask who's going to be this Messiah? Where is the king who's going to come and establish the theocracy again? They're waiting for a kingdom and a kingdom. As a matter of fact, if you go through the gospels, Mark has 14 references to the kingdom of God. Luke has 30 references to the kingdom of God. They are waiting for the kingdom of God. And they want to know if Jesus is that king. Now, some people say that Jesus is going to establish a kingdom of God on earth when he comes back. That's okay. But if you read what Jesus said, he established and relaunched the kingdom of God while he was with us. But it was a slightly different kingdom. Still the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus says in John eighteen thirty six. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Oh, that's not exactly what Nehemiah had in mind, is it? Nehemiah had in mind, we better build a wall around this capital and we better appoint people to protect us because this theocracy will be here and now. And Jesus said, oh, I've come to bring a theocracy, but it's not of this world. It's a different kind of theocracy. Luke chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus said, nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. The kingdom of God is here now among you. That's what Jesus said. This is a very different kind of kingdom, yet with a lot of similarities to what Nehemiah had launched. Jesus in John 3.3 answered again, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. This is a spiritual kingdom. It's a real kingdom. Under the theocracy, you had to be born into Israel. And Jesus said, no. You just need to have a spiritual new birth to be born into this kingdom, this kingdom of God. There is no city here. There are no walls here. There is no temple here. There is no land mass here. 
Everyone is to have their appointed place here because this is the kingdom of God now. Here's how Jesus launched the kingdom. Not exactly the same way Nehemiah did it. Matthew chapter 28, verse, 9, verse 18. You know this verse. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You can baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You can teach them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You like that? Jesus said, no, don't bother to wait here in Jerusalem. No, it's a global program. You go into the whole world and go make followers of me. That's this new kingdom of God. Everyone was to have a role in this kingdom. We're not waiting for the people to come to us. We're the people who go to the world. Now, you know what's amazing? When the Apostle Paul comes along and tries to explain what Jesus did in light of the Old Testament, he has this very clear in his mind. And he says things like this to us, which we take separated from all this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Grace is given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And we talk about that in the area of spiritual gifts. Everybody has a gift. Everybody got some kind of spiritual gift. This is your equipment. There's no hard, fast rules. Everybody in the kingdom of God, born by God's spirit, everybody has the opportunity and the ability to have a role in this new form of the kingdom. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.11, He gave some to be apostles in this kingdom. Some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some shepherds, some teachers. They were to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and build up the body of Christ. We're not the same, but we've all been equipped and gifted to do something in the kingdom of God that Jesus launched. Remember those people I talked about in the beginning? There's a couple more. I have a really good friend who's a medical doctor in Honolulu, Hawaii. He teaches at the University of Hawaii Med School. But I've got to tell you this. He's disguised himself. He's a disciple maker, but everybody thinks he's a doctor. He wears that disguise. My son teaches in a horrible liberal college outside of Little Rock, Arkansas. He teaches art history. Nobody cares about art history. (laughs) Now he likes this subject, but he's just wearing a disguise. He's looking to make disciples. He's gone out to make disciples in the kingdom of God. And he disguises himself as a college professor. Isn't that great? Next month, I'm going to meet a guy, and I'm anxious to meet him. I haven't met him yet. 
He lives in Budapest now, but he spent his whole adult life playing basketball in Europe. Professional basketball. Well, that's just his disguise. He's actually a disciple maker of Jesus. But he disguised himself because he's a part of this kingdom of God. Now, Nehemiah will have much more to say. All we know now is that they built a temple and he built those walls and he brought in the whole population that was there and he assigned them their place in that kingdom. And Jesus did exactly the same thing. He established a new kingdom of God on earth and he launched it like Nehemiah did in his lifetime. This is not about being a missionary. This is about being who you are and going into all the world. That's right where you are now, too, to make disciples because we are part of a kingdom of God. You know, I listen to what the Islamic State is doing to get young people to get on an airplane and fly to Syria to be a part of them. And I look at that and I say, that's just so bizarre. Why would you want to do that? Get a gun or in some places become just a, a, a wife to somebody that's got a gun and is going to kill people and maybe kill you. I mean, what, why would young people in America or, or England or Germany or anywhere, why would you want to do this? Because it gives some meaning to life. Did you get the meaning we have in life? Jesus said, I'm launching my kingdom. You want to be a part of it? You can be born again. That's a gift of my grace. You can be born again and go into the whole world and make disciples with whatever gifts God enables you to have. If that's not meaningful work, I don't know what it is. So for the rest of this time, as we look at what is happening in the Middle East and in Africa and in other places, do we have a clear understanding of a theocracy? Nehemiah knew he launched a theocracy. A theocracy was God's plan for a while. But when Jesus came, he created a new kind of theocracy. We're not going to a landmass. We're not called to build a wall or even a temple. Just go make disciples, followers of Jesus Christ. Once more, and this happened to Nehemiah in his day, when you try to be a theocracy on earth and live within a secular government, there is a clash. And we're watching that clash today in Islam all over the world. What a great 
living lesson for each of us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, if we ever wondered what we were going to do with the remaining days of our life, that question was settled a long time ago. If we'd like to be born again by your grace and by your spirit, it's just a matter of coming by faith to you and offering up ourselves to be those who love God with all of our heart and who love others. And Father, as we do that, we're to understand that this one who is a savior is also a Lord. And he sends us out into the whole world don't have to go anywhere out of town, but we could go. Thank you, Father, for this indescribable privilege to be those who become the teachers, the baptizers, the lovers of others, the carefully tended those who take care of the sheep of God. Thank you, Father, for this indescribable privilege to make disciples for you. And we wait for Jesus to return with the full understanding that the kingdom of God that was launched by him while he was with us had a lot of similarities to the one that Nehemiah launched when he put the doors in the wall in Jerusalem. Thank you, Father, for your love. In your son's name, amen. Amen.